Symptoms of the disease include itching, sneezing, biting, spontaneous narcolepsy, willful disregard for one's own safety, a craving for fish, an overwhelming desire to shout one-liners, vertigo, and frequent public urination. Incubation time seems to be about 14 seconds, and the contagion is spread through bodily fluids, dirty toilet seats, crisp high fives, awkward hugs, and prolonged eye contact. To minimize the risk of infection, before I put the toaster in charge, I temporarily outlawed eye contact and toilet use. I tried to forbid high fives and hugs, but HR would not let me. In a possibly unrelated event, that nice colony of leper nuns we picked up hitchhiking on the side of the hyper route after their shuttle bus broke down has gone missing. Welcome to Making a Monster, the weekly podcast where game designers show us their favorite monster, how it works, why it works, and what it means. I'm Lucas Zellers. Back in the before time when we gathered freely, we were missing three players from my weekly Dungeons & Dragons campaign. Not to waste the night, my dungeon master pulled out a slim red hardcover book and said, how about we give this a try? We put away our dice, got out a deck of cards, and I'm so glad we did. The game was called Starship Infernum, and it was made by this guy. My name is Robert Turk. I am an independent game designer. I've been playing games since I was in middle school, which is 30 plus years now, and have had an absolute blast playing games and played all sorts of games. But in writing games, I want games that are easy to bring to the table, that are not intimidating in their scope, and are are fun and different to play. Some people say my games, the games I write, are sort of gateway games to get people that don't normally play role-playing games that are intimidated by multiple books and having to have a college degree to do the math and all that. I I don't do that. Play Dungeons & Dragons because it's probably the first tabletop RPG you heard about. Play other games for the stories D&D can't tell. And there are so many stories to be told. My very first role-playing game, it's called Are You Mental? It is a card-driven role-playing game about lunatic superheroes who escaped the asylum to go off and save the world. From there, I made some slightly more serious games. Purgatory House was a haunted house horror game. And then Starship Infernum was spun off of a convention. So we said, I don't like haunted houses, but I like space stuff. And I said, well, I could do that too. Why not? <laughs> um, so, and those are blackjack based games. So they play very differently than what most people are used to as a role-playing game. Weird Scouts, I wrote, that's a game about magical kids in an enchanted forest, earning badges and exploring the wood and helping monsters instead of fighting monsters. So obviously a huge scope of work we could draw from. I've left it to you. This is your choice. Of the monsters you've made, what's your favorite and why? I have to think my favorite monster comes from a scenario I wrote for Starship Infernum, the Space Madness scenario. It is the Space Leper Nuns. And, (laughs) right. (laughs) So the idea behind the whole scenario was, because this is a pretty serious, heavy, can be a scary survival game, was write a campy scenario. If people really want to play it fun and silly old school Star Trek, they can do that. In my head, when I see the Leper Space Nuns, they got like the nun habits. And a, a combination between that 
and like a mummy because they're all wrapped up in bandages. So when the players encounter them, at first it's like, oh, well, these are just the nuns. They're these peaceful ladies going about their holy business. And then the nuns turn around and try to rip their faces off. I know Starship Infernum is a rules light system, but what are the relevant game statistics here? Starship Infernum is a, it's essentially a one-shot, infinitely replayable, pick-up-and-play role-playing game. You play a full story in three to four hours, depending on how many people are playing. The core of the game is a blackjack mechanic. Anytime you encounter something that can kill you, which is almost every round, because this is a sci-fi survival horror game, you play off a hand of blackjack against the dealer. And it's not straight blackjack. Characters have traits that they can use plus minus one, plus minus two, plus minus three to adjust their final blackjack score. So if your trade is applicable to what you're doing, you can pull that in, add it or subtract it from your score to move your number around. If you bust, you take damage. If you take three points of damage, you're dead. The NPCs don't have stats. Like they don't have strength and dexterity and all this. They're not gonna compare that and roll that. And you're playing hands of blackjack and the adversaries have health. And that's pretty much all they have. Health in a description. There are some optional rules that the more powerful adversaries have special abilities they can draw on. And so when you encounter the leper nuns in this scenario, the, the basic ones, they're, they're basic. They're kind of pushovers. If you were to encounter the, um, uh, the boss, leper nun, and she has a name, the boss of a nun, um the mother superior uh, mother superior thank you thank you if you encountered the mother superior leper nun if you tied against the mother spirit she'd be a level three adversary uh, which means she has three health you got to beat her three times essentially to kill her and in blackjack if you tie in this game it's considered a push you throw all the cards out you go again because you keep going until someone wins or somebody loses however she counts ties in her favor so if you tie against her you've actually lost what do you want players to feel when they encounter the leper space nuns oh i want the leper space nuns i want it to be a bait and switch because in starship infernum the entire time you're on the edge of your seat the game is built to drive that tension constantly it's a fun sort of tension stress can be fun this <laughs> This gamifies the stress of the situation. Everything's trying to kill you. Everything's going wrong. Things are blowing up. And oh, here's these sweet space nuns. We found them. Yay. Part of our mission is accomplished. Everything's going to be okay. And then no, they turn and try to kill you. So it's definitely, I want that bait and switch there when you encounter the leper nuns. I want that moment of, hey, we're going to be okay oh crap, no, we're not. They're going to kill us. <laughs> Part of what makes it effective is even if you're not a religious person, I think most people have respect for that established hierarchy of people that dedicate their life to service or religion. So I, I don't know anybody that talks bad about nuns, even people that went to Catholic school. It's just not something you do. Nuns, you think of Mother Teresa, you think of women that are out there doing good works and helping the poor. So I have found in running this game, people are very hesitant to attack the nuns. They don't want to hurt the nuns, even though they have learned that these nuns are these mummy, leper, 
they're going to eat your face. And eventually they get over that. Eventually, yeah, okay, it's, it's survival of fittest. And then it breaks that taboo. Then it's okay, and it's kind of fun and cool to explore we're attacking nuns, something you could never do on the street. You'd be vilified for that. But in the game, sometimes you can do those things that are not socially acceptable, but do them in a way that is healthy and fun. What issues or questions do the leper space nuns ask your players to grapple with? In the granddaddy of role-playing games, Dungeons and Dragons, you see a monster, you kill the monster, you get experience and you get its treasure. That's not my favorite way to approach monsters at all. So the space nuns in particular, it's your goal in this game is to survive and the deck is stacked against you. Everything is going wrong. Chances are you are not going to survive. So the question that it kind of asks you deep down in, in your core of humanity is, when does it become acceptable to do horrible things to survive? Because the nuns are not, they're not evil monsters. They are basically cursed ladies who were doing good things and now have to eat your face to survive. So they're just trying to do what's in their nature. They're a holy order. And is it acceptable as players? How do you come over that, that emotional, mental hurdle, that taboo of saying it's either me or them? Um, and it's going to have to be me. This is really interesting to me because on the one hand, you've got this really intense moral dilemma here. You've almost set up the trolley problem. Right. Editor's note, this is not the trolley problem. But you've done, you've played it for laughs. Uh, how do you manage that balance? Well, I uh, will probably burn in hell for it. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> it is not an easy balance to strike. Part of that balance comes from the fact that when I run a game, it is very much about the player's experience. It's about the story and the journey that they are exploring, not so much about the rules. Even in the games that I wrote the rules for, I am the kind of GM that is totally willing to break the rules if it keeps things flowing and keeps people having fun. So I think that dichotomy of the the serious nature that these nuns are going to eat your face they're going to try and kill you uh, but they're also kind of fun and funny uh, spins out of that naturally it's we want to tell a good story we want to have a good time and in a game like starship infernum where it does get very tense at moments and you do have characters dying that is part of the game it helps to let those moments of levity have a second or two to breathe. And it helps kind of punctuate the horror as well. Instead of it being one straight roller coaster climb up to the top, you've got some downs and some ups and some sideways. You're getting more of an emotional range and a journey out of it. My guest is Robert Turk, independent game designer and the mad wizard behind Wicked Clever Games. Here's how to find a copy of Starship Infernum and stay connected with Robert. You can get Starship Infernum from DriveThruRPG. That's probably the easiest way right now in the lockdowns and everything. And if your local gaming store is open, 
they can order it for you. My favorite way is for you to support your local game store. I'll be 100% honest there. That is my favorite way. You can go to our website, www.wicked-clever.com. But the real value of the website is you can sign up for our mailing list. I send out a newsletter when we're going to a show like Gen Con or Origins, which aren't happening this year, to let you know what we're running and how to sign up for our games. I send out a newsletter if we've got a, a new product or if somebody puts our products on a really awesome, stupid sale. You can find all those links along with art from the game, character sheets, and character art from my last playthrough on the show's website, scintilla.studio slash monster. That's S-C-I-N-T-I-L-L-A dot studio slash monster. Thanks for listening to Making a Monster. If you like what you've heard, the best way to support the show right now is to share it with the people you play games with. The show is available on 14 platforms and counting, now including iHeartRadio, so everyone can listen the way they want. Your recommendation lets new listeners know they can take a chance on the show, and it's a real gift to me and the creators I feature. Next time on Making a Monster. It's a constantly changing, shifting maze of tunnels, and if you look at a map of the Underdark, it's never going to be useful. It'll tell you, hey, there's a city over here, but it's never going to tell you how to get there because it's just cavern after cavern. There's no light. You realize that you've gone too far when the walls start glowing with purple light from mosses and funguses that are so far below the ground. They're not getting sunlight. Their light is coming from magic. You might be following along a tunnel. You think you're going the right way and an Umber Hulk five minutes ahead of you has already reshifted all these tunnels and you're just going in circles. And now you don't have a way back out.